sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after live on Sports Grid on this feel good Friday, Sirius XM channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We'll get to Puck Talk Friday with Ben in just a couple of moments, but tons to do here in this second hour. We'll go to the NFL offseason, a look at the futures market with Mike Blewett from here on SportsGrid. And then we'll round out our number two, that breakdown that you need for game number four of the NBA Finals tonight inside TD Garden in Boston. We'll also have some fun on the streets of New York City where the buzz is palpable right now in the Eastern Conference Finals. At least it was heading into Stanley Cup playoff ECF game number five between the Rangers and the Lightning last night at Madison Square Garden. And you could feel that energy through the first 55, 57 minutes of regulation between the Blue Shirts and the Bolts last night. MSG providing that spark that New York needed. Tied at one goal apiece, under three minutes left. The Lightning scored two goals in the final three minutes of the game, including an empty netter to put them up 3-2 in this series. The decisive advantage yesterday, a 3-1 victory in game number five. Tampa was the favorite entering game five despite being on road ice, but they've been favored in every game of this series, including the opening two games, both at Madison Square Garden. So they cash as a favorite. They even cover on the puck line thanks to that empty netter late in the third period. Igor Shosturkin was sensational early on but the two goals late for Tampa Bay. Deflected in that goal that ended up being the game winner off Andre Palat into the back of the net for Tampa Bay. So the Lightning now out in front here in this Eastern Conference Finals, a 3-2 series lead. They have won three straight games against the Rangers. So it really shouldn't be a surprise to see the Bolts booked as a heavy favorite, but nearly $5 is the number now on Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals. Minus 490. Tampa was minus 160 entering yesterday as the series outright favorite, tied at two games apiece. The Rangers, when they were up 2-1, even entering game four at Amali Arena before the Lightning evened up the series, was minus 140. Tampa was the plus money underdog at plus 120. That is no longer the case. So minus 160 grows by greater than $3. And the Lightning on the brink of getting back to their third straight Stanley Cup final, a minus 490 series outright favorite. So as you look at some of those prices for game number six tomorrow night in Tampa, the Lightning, that line continues to work in their favor. Now minus 178 as a home ice favorite looking to close out this game. We know how great Andre Vasilevsky has been in closeout games for Tampa in net. I believe it is six of his last seven. He has pitched a shutout in games that could be a series clincher. It is going to be tough for New York, and that is why the total in this series between two great goaltenders has remained at five and a half. But 
how long will this series go and who is going to win it? We know that based on the odds, the Lightning, a very heavy series favorite. That series correct score right now really only presents two other opportunities. Tampa in seven, that's plus 340. Or New York back to Madison Square Garden in seven at plus 410. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live on a Friday on the grid. Sirius XM, channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday. I am Ben Stevens. Back to the series correct score market real quick. There is some value here depending on how you think game six is going to go. Can Tampa win four straight games in this series to close out the Rangers? Well, if you think New York gives you one final shot, Tampa was the first team to win on the road in this series last night in game number five. Not only do you take the Rangers on the money line, both of those prices available give you an opportunity for a big plus money cash out option or hedging value for a potential game seven at Madison Square Garden early next week. And it's interesting as well to see the change in the price for the Stanley Cup because the Avalanche await the winner of this Eastern Conference Finals that based on the odds with Tampa being a minus 490 favorite, we expect to be the Lightning. But we saw the Avs at their peak at minus 230 as the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. As Tampa has clawed their way back in this Eastern Conference Finals, not only has the price on Tampa grown shorter, the same has happened for that price on Colorado, working back a little bit, now just minus 200 as the Lightning are plus 195. I think it will continue to work in that fashion if the Lightning take care of business in game number six tomorrow night on home ice minus 178 the lightning favored to clinch this series in six games against the rangers also as it's championship season here in early june a shout out to oklahoma softball the winners of the women's college world series last night knocking off texas in two straight games 59 and three the final straight up record for the Sooners this year. One of the most dominant programs, not in the history of softball, but in the history of collegiate sports. Two straight national championships for Boomer Sooner. Four in their last six appearances in the Women's College World Series. And Jocelyn Allo caps off one of the most dominant careers we have seen on the softball diamond as well. 59 wins for Oklahoma, 40 of them coming by run rule. It could have been the case in game number one as well. We go to the streets, hopefully bringing the optimism for the Rangers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on a Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. It's postseason time all around the world of sports. Championship season early on in the month of June. And every time we discuss the Eastern Conference Finals throughout the Stanley Cup playoff run where the Rangers have been in it, I do the same thing. I turn around, I point to the skyline of Midtown Manhattan. I say that Madison Square Garden is only a couple of blocks away from our Midtown Manhattan studios. And I mean that. We're right here. We're in the thick of it. And we wanted to feel that excitement 
Entering game number five, back at Madison Square Garden last night between the Rangers and the Lightning. You could hear it if you watched the broadcast. It was palpable, that buzz last night in the world's most famous arena. The Mecca, when it is at its best, truly is one of the best places to watch any sporting event. It didn't end up going the way of the blue shirts last night, and the crowd got very quiet in the final two and a half minutes of that game with the Lightning winning 3-1 to one to take a 3-2 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. But heading in, you could feel that energy. It's the energy we wanted to feel, so we hit the streets to find out what is going on in the Stanley Cup postseason this week on Benny and the Bets. The hunt for Lord Stanley's Cup rolls on. And here in the heart of Midtown Manhattan, the New York Rangers continue their postseason run into the Eastern Conference Finals. Is playoff fever at an all-time high in New York City? Let's find out. Been watching a lot of the Rangers this playoff. Got a nice playoff beer. I'm not a hockey fan, my brother. <laughs> no, but thank you for asking. Uh, no, we're from London. Sorry, I gotta go. Um, I only watch football. Yeah, go Rangers. That's hockey, right? Baseball jerseys button up. Hockey guys pull theirs over and they have a V-neck. You been watching the Rangers this playoff? Oh, yeah. You like the Rangers? Uh, I don't really like hockey. We support the Pittsburgh Yay. Oh. Pittsburgh. Oh. Bolts. Island of fans. All right, respect. The New York Rangers? Yeah. I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. Uh, I'm good. Oh, you're wearing a Rangers thing. Oh, no. Been watching the Ranger fans since I was a wee little one. How excited are we by this postseason run? Very much so. Excited? Are you kidding me? This place is a jungle. This place is a jungle. Yeah. You can feel the energy here in yeah. New York City. Of course. Yeah, nothing like it. Are you excited just being in New York right now? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm on TV. Of course, yeah. Everybody, the Rangers are going crazy right now. I'm so happy. Like, I think, I think good things are gonna happen. I, I think, like, I think they got it. Do you think the Rangers have what it takes to win the Stanley Cup in your mind? Oh yeah. How excited are you by that chance of winning the Stanley Cup here in New York? Extremely excited. As excited as that guy? Yeah, just about. Colorado's gonna be tough. I know, but what about the Lightning? They're the champs got to beat him first. I think they could go all the way. You think they could take down the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs of the Tampa Bay Lightning as well? Oh, yes, completely. Do you think the Rangers have what it takes to win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, bleep that out, though, but that was nice. Go. Let's go, Rangers. <laughs> you think they have a good shot of doing it? Of course they do. Never die, Rangers. Who's your favorite player on the team? So probably Fox. Okay. Yeah. Igor's just a hurricane. Yeah, he's definitely very good. Kreider. Igor. Scale 1 to 10. How good of a shot do you give the Rangers a win in the Stanley Cup? I'm going to give them a one. Just a one? And I'm rooting for them because people have given them a one the, the whole time. And that's how just how we like you, my friend. I'm a Ranger fan. I work at the Garden, so. How excited <laughs> are you? I'm psyched. Very excited. Go Rangers, baby! If the Rangers win the Stanley Cup, what will your celebration be? I'll just go crazy. I don't, I don't even know. I can't even explain it. Uh, you know, kick back, crack a few beers, and uh, get Can I come beer. over? Sure. Can we get a little uh, Let's Go Rangers chant right here right now? No. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers. Go Rangers! Let's go, baby! Let's go Rangers! Go Rangers! That guy's my man. I love that guy. Just walking through the streets, you put the mic out, and he just yells, Rangers! That's what we love. Hopefully... New York gets a game number seven. Game six tomorrow night in Tampa. 
The Lightning, a minus 178 home ice favorite with the opportunity to clinch a berth back to their third consecutive Stanley Cup final. They have won the first two appearances they have made back in that Stanley Cup championship series. All right, that's part of the fun in this segment each and every Friday as we show you Benny and the bets. But we also go to our producer place to set you up for a profitable weekend. Part of the team here on the morning after in the mornings. John James is back. I already know what his play is going to be and his focus for this Friday night slate. But we've got a bevy of options for you here. Tons of profitability, Shamesy guy, on the horizon in these producer plays. Mm -hmm. Big time profitability, Ben. A little bit disappointed personally that we don't have a Jesse Metzger pick on the board. It's still worth it to tell the rest of us. I promise we're going to give out some winners here. But disappointing not to see Jesse here. And again, we did give my first play before, but let's roll into this board, and I'll talk a little bit more in-depth about it. And that's the under in the NBA Finals game tonight. The number is set at 214, Ben. We hit we hit uh, two. James, the guy, I think we're having some audio issues there because your voice is still probably blown out from yelling goodbye to Draymond Green in game number three inside TD Garden. But I'll run through a couple of these right now. Shames was going with the under, I believe, of that Celtics and Warriors game. 214, the total dropping just a tad, down by a hook from 214 and a half, where it opened up following game three inside TD Garden on Wednesday night. Again, games one and three over a total that hasn't been all that far off from 214 game number two under two uh was under a total as well shames you are back explain the rest I am. of your thought process behind that total certainly so ben so i am a massive believer in the zigzag theory especially as it has been in the case in this nba postseason and and you know last game we saw a lot of back and forth especially in that second half i think this is a game where we see things slow down a bit i don't anticipate the warriors playing quite as small as they did last game because they got dominated in the paint so much and in, in, in that rebounding department. So I think we can expect a bigger Warriors lineup. I expect Kevon Looney to certainly eclipse the 20-minute mark tonight, and the Warriors are going to be playing slower, scoring less. I think it's more of a defensive battle. I see this going under the 214 here, Ben, with ease. It would be really interesting to see if that did happen. Again, it would be a sample size now of four games. The Celtics' two victories and one in three – Total goes over. Game number two, the only Warriors win to this point, staying under because Boston only scored 88. The Dubs defense has to be better because if Steph is going to give you 30-plus and if Klay Thompson scores 25, where is that room to have that be enough? Maybe it's on the defensive end. James, I love the thought. All right, you have seen him all couple days long here on the grid in the mornings. With those updates, the Sports Grid News update from Andrew Bocci-Galupo. Now we go to Bocci's pick and the producer plays as well. Shames the guy, what is it? So Bocci is looking at Draymond Green, and I was on the fade Draymond season, and uh, Bocci is fading me, apparently, as it would turn out. Hmm. He's going over Draymond Green, 13 and a half points and assists. Draymond, of course, we know the, the master of the triple single, but you add up six, you add up seven, that's 13 right there. You add up 
Oh, well, it's 13 and a half, so you would get beat by the there. <laughs> so, we, so we do need Draymond to give a little bit more, but Baji thinks it's going to get done this game for Mr. Green, and he will need a big one for the Warriors yeah. to survive yeah. here. And then JJ, our intern, going lo- yeah. looking at Jalen Brown right now, over 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, Ben. Those three stat categories, I think that's a number he could clear. His rebounding has been off the charts recently. And, of course, last game scoring over 25 points, certainly within the realm of possibility. My biggest, uh, you know, the thing that has impressed me most, let's say, about Jalen Brown has been that passing. So add some assists in there. I think we got another winner here for our producer play. 27 points, nine boards for Jalen Brown in game three. And look at those headshots from WRHU, the pride of Hofstra. Here on the morning after. Mike Blewett is up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome back onto the morning after. It is our man, Mike Blewett, who peers into his crystal ball at this point in the NFL offseason and is one of the best at evaluating the futures market. The host of Football Full Circle Weekends here on the grid. Blewett, very glad to have you back. On the morning after on this Friday. Yeah, buddy. Summer Friday. Let's get after it. Uh, I'm excited. I, I Hopefully, uh, my reputation precedes me and uh, leads to profitability for some of the people out there. I'm sure it will. Speaking of profits, speaking of big money, that's what the Los Angeles Rams have been dishing out throughout oh, yeah. this entirety of the offseason, especially in the last couple of days, keeping two of their biggest stars in-house. We detailed the Aaron Donald contract, the restructuring of it, to make him the highest paid non-quarterback in history of the National Football League. Well, now a big new deal for Cooper Cup as well. A contract extension that keeps him in Los Angeles for the next five years, paying him a total of 110 mil, but a contract extension of $80 million with 75 of that 80 blew it guaranteed. I ask you very simply here, is the salary cap even real in the National Football League? So there's been a lot of talk about this, uh, particularly this week because of the Rams' two big extensions. I think uh, there might there's plenty of people out there, I, I would include myself, that have some understanding of the salary cap and a lot of people that don't really know exactly how this works. There's been a lot of good info out on there on the Twitter sphere this week all about this. And it's important to note that the salary cap can be circumvented for a variety mm-hmm. in a variety of ways, and the Rams have been able to do it. It is unlike MLB, NHL, NBA, where you cannot add void years to your contracts. In the NFL, you can add void years to the end of the deal, plus these big signing bonuses, as long as you are a cash-rich owner, which Dan Kroenke very much is, you can pay out huge bonuses to the tune of $60 million for Matt Stafford, uh, $30 million a year for Aaron Donald. As long as you have the cash, you can pay it up front, then prorate everything, through the end of the contract, add void years, and this cap is going to go up so much, 
in the next few years that the void years and taking dead cap hits aren't going to really matter that much, particularly when you're having success like the Rams are. And this is Los Angeles's philosophy often, paying their Absolutely. contract extensions early on, even before a deal necessarily needs to be imminent. So they do this now. You hope that you are right and that Cooper Cup stays healthy and continues to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, but you pay up early. And as Blue had said, the actual cap hit on a yearly basis is not nearly as substantial as those big dollar prices might make it seem so of course blew it Cooper cup off a legendary season a historic season in the nfl part of a rams team that won the super bowl a season ago so now we look at their future odds for this year and at the nfc championship first and foremost which the rams of course claimed just a year ago the bucks are plus 320 though blew it as the favorites to win the nfc this year almost two dollars ahead of both the rams and the packers tied for the second best price at plus 500. We've had this discussion a little bit here on the morning after, but in my estimation, I'm not sure there's that big of a gap between Tampa Bay and Los Angeles to the tune of a dollar and 80 cents in the difference of their prices. Why do you believe, Blewett, Tampa Bay is booked as such a short favorite in comparison to both the Rams and the Packers? I think it's pretty simple. I think when you go through the Bucks' schedule and their division, there's a lot of automatics on there for them. Uh, mm -hmm. I think their schedule lines up being pretty okay. Uh, we talked in, in the past about how tough the Bills' first seven games are. Tampa's not facing that same level of competition. I think with the Falcons in a rebuild and the Panthers sort of rudderless at the moment, uh, a coach and a quarterback that are absolutely not in place long-term, uh, I think the only team that you're competing with there is the Saints. And I, I'd i say personally for me, I think the market is a little bit more bullish on the Saints than I am. I think they can they can compete for a playoff spot. But new coach, which is a downgrade for me because I think Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the game. I, I think it sets up where the Bucks are almost – they are the most automatic to win their division. I think they're most mm -hmm. automatic to make the playoffs. And as you start putting those edges together – the Rams do have to contend with the Niners, regardless of who plays quarterback, probably Trey Lance, obviously. And um, on the Cardinals side, they're a team that has been really good out of the gate the last few years and made the playoffs. Yep. So uh, it doesn't matter how bad the Seahawks are when you have two other teams that uh, were playoffs in the playoffs last year. And blew it with your foresight into the futures. Is that how you do it? Correlate some of those markets? Because as you mentioned, Tampa Bay is minus 320 to win the NFC South, the best odds to win any division in the entirety of the league. That would make it seem they're a divisional champion, guaranteed at least one home playoff game, and probably on that path, a top one or two seed even in the NFC postseason picture. So how do you use that correlation to find your better prices or at least to justify the odds that you see? Yeah, I think when it comes to futures, you know, I've talked about this in the past, you have to be mindful that you are, if you were to say, make, place a bet today, the book is going to hold on to your money for quite a long time. There's interesting uh, odds up now on FanDuel where you just have make playoffs odds, but you can parlay some of those together. And I think automatically the Bucks and the Bills and the Packers are in. All you do is tack on the Colts, and now you're looking at plus 171. If you tacked on the Chargers instead, you're almost at two to one. You can start putting stuff like that together. But absolutely, when it comes to win totals, you really are just trying to get an edge on 
what the schedule looks like, how many opponents are they playing in bad weather, early in the season, late in the season. I think you're trying to tack on every little bit of edge that you can get. And as we've said in the past, you don't necessarily have to jump on every future. You don't have to bet every win total. It's silly to do that. But you are trying to get as many winning bets as you can, which is helpful in this market because you are betting a lot of them at plus money. Right. I think it's a great look and a great point. And if you can parlay some of them, you can have a pretty good price on one team that might be different than what their price is in the rest of the market. For instance, Indy is minus 105 to win the AFC South. Of course, the divisional winner gets a berth into the AFC postseason. Let's start here with week number one, with the opening night of the NFL season, featuring the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, hosting the AFC favorites in the Buffalo Bills. Blew it right now. I know there's a lot of optimism behind the Bills, but right now, Buffalo is a one-point road favorite against the Rams on the night where all of the celebration and festivities will happen to crown the Rams a Super Bowl champion. Are you interested at all to see Buffalo as a one-point favorite that opening Thursday night of the 2022 NFL season? Uh, I think that teams that are on the road in this spot have not been successful. We had the Chiefs beating the Patriots a few years back. But beyond that, I think it's it's maybe like 15 to 2 on this mm. uh, for the home teams winning the game on the Thursday night opener. It could be wrong on that number, but it's pretty close to it if I'm not uh, dead on. And I would say that absolutely Bills should be the favorite right now to win the Super Bowl. But going on the road and and the first week of the season when we know and we've just been talking about how all the Rams are back. That is certainly not my favorite play. I like the home team. Mm. Give me a point. Uh, maybe it gets to even by the time we kick off a few months from now, but I'll take the point. Go Rams. Even Rams money yeah. line minus 106. Uh, hopefully we get an over in that game, see some points, but uh, I'm not betting a road team on the Thursday night opener. No thanks. I think there's a lot of value in the Rams in a variety of places, and even in that very secular first game scenario. Blewett, you laid out how tough Buffalo's first six, seven weeks are of their NFL season in 2022. That schedule is daunting, and you made a great point that their number to win the AFC right now booked as the offseason favorites at plus 350 could change after week two, three, or four. If they do yeah. stumble out of the gates against Los Angeles, could we even see a move as early as one week into the NFL season? Yeah, I think you could. I, I think the books would be smart to not adjust it too much if they lose a road game to the defending champions. But yeah. I would say that Rams, Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Kansas City for the Bills before their bye week and then having to play the Packers is a really tough seven games. My advice on the Bills, and I understand that if they play great, that this number will never get any better. But my advice is to wait on the Bills, see what it looks like after the first month of the season. I think it is a great point, and you can correlate Buffalo as the favorites not only to win the AFC and the Super Bowl, but also with the individual markets as well. Josh Allen blew it, the favorite to win the NFL MVP at plus 700. So we go teams to individuals. How do you evaluate the most valuable player market as well? I think you want to take a few positions in here, and I think 
Josh Allen is certainly a good bet, but I think you can correlate it with what I just said. Even if he plays well and they're losing games, he's going to start to lose steam, particularly if the Bucks and the Chiefs get off to a good start. I think the guy whose number will probably not get much better from here on out is Tom Brady. So mm-hmm. I think at eight to one, I think the Bucs are going to rip off another great record. They won. They had the most wins in the NFL last year, tied with the Packers. And I think Brady's number won't get any better. A long shot that we've talked about a lot is Derek Carr. Uh, and I think some of those Raiders long shots are interesting because you have to formulate a story as to how this can happen. The Raiders win a division. I think Derek Carr is somebody that's interesting to me. 25 to 1, that price on the quarterback of Las Vegas. Mike Blewett helping us at all times handicap the futures market, the host of Football Full Circle each and every weekend, live right here on SportsGrid. Blewett, thanks so much. An NBA Finals Game 4 preview next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NBA Finals, game number four tonight inside TD Garden in prime time on a Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome back to the morning after. Live here also on a Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome back onto the show. It is FanDuel Chantel Chan here to help us preview and break down everything you need to know. Every angle, every number. Every adjustment needed for Game 4 of the NBA Championship Series tonight. Chantel, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on a Friday. How excited are you for Game 4 this evening in B-Town? After Game 3, I'm extremely excited. You looked at the crowd that was in Boston there the other night. And the way the Warriors made that a game after being down by 18 points. So a really good one. Of course, Boston, though, looking poised to possibly win another one at home. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Chantel, as we showed earlier in the show, our very own John Shames in the crowd inside TD Garden in game number three. It was electric. We could tell that atmosphere, certainly. Take a listen, Chantel, to this video so you can really see the enthusiasm the Boston crowd displayed on Wednesday. Chantel, I think we're just going to play that video on loop forever. That is our very own John James, not only filming, but waving (laughs) goodbye to Draymond Green after he fouled out in the fourth quarter after only scoring two points. Thank you for bleeping that, by the way, Shamesy guy. It's a family program here on the morning after. So that is the atmosphere we can expect on this Friday inside TD Garden. But Chantel, let's first set the stage with the NBA Finals Series outright price after the win in game number three. By 16 points, the Celtics became a very substantial series favorite, minus 230. Do you agree with that pretty hefty price on the Cs to win the NBA championship? 
I got to be honest with you. I definitely do agree with it. When you actually look at the way the Celtics have played, and uh, shout out to John there because that was a great video. Love the buy at the end to Draymond Green. That is epic stuff. But when you actually look at the Celtics, I think they're the better all-around team, and they're a lot tougher than the Golden State Warriors as well. And defensively, they've been a little bit more consistent than the Warriors, in my opinion. I know game two looked a little bit different, but when you look at their toughness, though, and the fact that they're going to be playing Playing this game at home coming up game four you got to think that the Celtics are the huge favorite and the way the Warriors have played I mean they're turning over the ball they're getting out rebounded so I actually do like that number for the Celtics to be the favorite right now all right so let's dive into game four as well in those odds the Celtics remain a four-point favorite they covered as a three and a half point favorite relatively easily in game number three inside TD Garden. It opened at four. It stayed at four, Chantel, and that total down slightly to 214 with game three going over a number as well. What do you expect from a game flow perspective tonight? We have seen the Warriors be sensational in the third quarter before the Celtics turn it on in the fourth to close out basketball games. What do you think we'll see tonight inside TD Garden? Well, you kind of mentioned it right there, Ben. The Celtics took over in the fourth quarter, but we know the third quarter is Golden State Warriors time. And that's the thing about the Warriors. I feel like they have this light switch where they like to turn it on and mm -hmm. off, but I think they have to get off to a good start. And that starts with their key guys. And Steph Curry, who had a good game, 31 points. He went 12 for 22, 6 for 11 from beyond the arc. We expect Steph Curry to have a good game, and he's been showing out and carrying a lot of the load. Finally, we got to see Clay Thompson kind of be Clay Thompson. He did go 7 for 17, but he had 25 points. The big question is, is Draymond going to give us that classic single triple? Because he needs to do a little bit more. He didn't even have a steal in the last game. And he didn't even make it to the free throw line. I expect the Golden State Warriors to be a little bit more aggressive to start off the game. Because you definitely don't want to go back to the Bay. Right being down 3-1 in this series because the Celtics are that good that they could finish off that series in the Bay. So I think the Warriors will be set to obviously start the game off on a good note, but I think this one is going to be a tight one against the Celtics for sure. The Dubs have won all three of the three quarters we or third quarters we have played so far in the NBA Finals, but the Celtics, on the other hand, have won all three of the fourth quarters we have played so far in the opening three games. The reason Golden State was able to make it a game on Wednesday night, they were down 12 at the break, so they outscored the Celtics by eight in that third quarter, but if they're not down by 12, that third quarter could lead to a victory. A very good point right there. So, Chantel, as we look at a key, for Boston tonight, we saw a big game in game number three from their three biggest players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, combining for 77 of Boston's 116 points in game number three. Who do you think steps up in the biggest way for Boston tonight? Well, I got to be quite honest with you. The one guy that I feel that has been the most consistent for the Celtics so far in this series has been Jalen Brown. He was also one rebound shy of a double-double the other night. He's been consistent both ends of the floor. We saw Jason Tatum also come to life, but I think Jalen Brown is playing with a little bit of extra juice in this series. And to be quite honest, I think Draymond Green has given him that juice when you look at everything that's happening on the court with the intensity. So I like Jalen Jalen Brown to continue the epic series he's had so far, and I think he's going to have a major game tonight.
Jalen Brown went over his points prop in game three of 23 and a half, finishing with 27. It's back up to 24 and a half tonight. Jalen Brown has scored exactly 24 points four times in the last 12 games for the Boston Celtics. He always hovers around that margin, averaging just about 23 points per game throughout this postseason run for the Celtics. But, but Chantel, I was having this conversation just a couple of days ago as well. Jalen Brown has been incredibly consistent here for Boston throughout this postseason. There has been a few times where Jason Tatum has put up some duds. He's only shooting 34% in this NBA Finals series, but is the odds-on favorite at minus 110 to win the MVP. Jalen Brown's plus 410, the third best price to win that Finals MVP. Do you think there is value in Jalen Brown over his teammate Jason Tatum potentially? There's definitely value, but whether they would give it to Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum right now for talking finals MVP, definitely Jalen Brown. There's value there. That's a bet I would definitely take because as you mentioned, and as I've said earlier, he's been the most consistent player so far for the Boston Celtics. And if he keeps this up in the finals and the Celtics end up winning, I have no doubt in my mind that Jalen Brown would be the MVP for this series and win finals MVP over Jason Tatum because the fact that he's been so consistent and he's been playing both ends of the floor. So I think that is a great pick if you're looking at finals MVP. And the narrative will be a part of it, right? It's not just stats or consistency for Boston. The narrative will be a part if they win it and they're minus 230 right now are the Celtics to win the NBA championship. A lot of that love will go to Jason Tatum and rightfully so. He won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, but just something to keep in mind in terms of a value perspective on Jalen Brown, the guy with the second best odds to win the Finals MVP, who was the favorite entering game number three, Steph Curry. He's plus 190 right now, and Chantel, he has led all scorers in each of the first three games in this NBA championship. However, we saw Steph noticeably limping at the end of game three after he had a collision with Al Horford on the floor near the end of that game on Wednesday night. 29 and a half points, four and a half assists, four and a half made threes are his props tonight for Steph Curry. Are you worried at all about the health of Steph entering game number four? I'm actually not worried about the health of Steph because he's been dealing with ankle injuries his whole entire career. Let's just keep it honest here. So he knows how to play while he's hurt. Has he struggled while he's been injured throughout the season? Yeah, of course he has. But you kind of mentioned his value for finals MVP. And as we know for Steph Curry, the first time the Golden State Warriors won it, Andre Iguodala won it, and then Kevin Durant won finals MVP as well. So he's looking for that finals MVP trophy. I think Steph, he's got a lot on his shoulders. I think he's going to show up regardless. He might struggle here and there, depending on how severe that injury is. But most importantly, I think he's going to get others involved. And we've kind of seen that from Steph Curry so far in the playoffs, where if he's not feeling it, he becomes that facilitator. And he still has a huge impact on this game. So I think Steph Curry is still someone that the Boston Celtics are going to have their eye on because they don't want Steph to go off at all. And of course, it's Steph Curry, so he definitely can in any game. That three-point prop of four and a half, Steph has gone over in all three games of this NBA Finals. The plus 190 price for Steph to win MVP, as you saw a couple of moments ago, is very similar to the plus 185 number as the Warriors as the series underdog. If the Dubs do win the NBA championship, Steph is your MVP from a narrative and statistical perspective as well. The stats have not been great 
for Draymond Green following a dud in game number three. Just two points, fouling out of the basketball game. Less than five rebounds and five assists in both of those categories as well. Chantel, you mentioned it. He's the man of the single triple. What does Golden State need from him tonight? Are you telling me you're not a fan of the single triple triple there, Ben? Because I Draymond am. Green, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love that Draymond Green single triple. I mean, the thing about it is we don't expect Draymond to go off for like 15 points, but at the same time, he has to be a little bit more consistent and get to the free throw line. It can't be a game where Draymond doesn't have an impact on the point sheet. So maybe get to the free throw line and possibly go over 10 points. They need Draymond Green to be Draymond Green in this series if the Warriors are looking to get back in it. All right, so a 2-1 series lead for Boston. The Celtics are favored by four points tonight in game number four. At least the odds indicate Boston might take a 3-1 series lead back to San Francisco for game five of this NBA Finals on Monday. Chantel, your prediction before the NBA Finals, how do you feel about where it is right now as we look at this series the rest of the way? If I'm the Golden State Warriors, I need this W. I feel if Boston goes up 3-1 in this series, they're going to head back to the Bay, and they've got a very good chance to win it all, even in five, to be quite honest with you. But yeah. I still think the Warriors are going to make this a series, so I expect them to even this up tonight. And we'll see exactly what that looks like from an odds perspective. Chantel's not wrong in thinking that Boston, if they win tonight, can win in five. Because that's the second most likely outcome right now in the series correct score market. Plus 280. The most likely outcome is Boston in, in six. That's plus 195. The Warriors in seven. The third shortest price at plus 290. What are the plans, Chantel Chan, for your Friday night viewing of this NBA Finals game number four? Keep it a little bit low-key, you know, get together with some friends and, of course, watch the game. I think it's going to be a good one. What about you, Ben? What's your plans? You're not going to be inside the TD Garden yelling, bye, bye, see you later, Draymond, like John Shames, you're saying? No, no, that's a John Shames thing. I think he's going to be doing that from home on his couch this time, if I'm not mistaken. I love that. So, John, definitely, if you're going to be saying that from your couch tonight, you got to record that as well. Yeah, we're going to need it. I didn't know his voice could get to the pitch, Chantel, but we found out this morning, and it was sensational. I'm going to watch that video as many times as I can ahead of Game 4 tonight. FanDuel Chantel Chan helping us break down Game Number 4 of the NBA Championship Series between Boston and Golden State tonight. Chantel, thank you so much. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for having me. We round out the show today and the week here on the morning after on SportsGrid with an NBA Finals game for best bet. Hopefully it hits. Stay here to find out what it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out this show this week live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid on a feel good Friday. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. 
I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on this Friday program. Thank you for joining us all week long here on TMA and the grid. It's NBA Finals time. Game number four tonight inside Boston. The TD Garden, the site of this game four matchup between the Celtics and the Warriors. Boston, a four-point home favorite. The total at 214. The Seas, a minus 230 series outright favorite with a 2-1 series lead. That's the stage that it has been set for game number four tonight. Now we dive into the weeds, the props, for this fourth game of the NBA Finals. So before we say farewell for the week, before we say goodbye, it's time for a game four NBA Finals best bet. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. can't do that to me man you can't do that to me that's one of the best things i've ever heard that was incredible well done to our team behind the scenes as john shames yells goodbye to draymond green we give you a bbb right here andrew wiggins over his rebounding prop of five and a half now andrew wiggins has been the second leading scorer for golden state throughout most of this postseason but that rebounds prop is what entices me tonight Five and a half, the over has a little bit of juice. He's gone over this number in both games two and three of the NBA Finals. He had seven rebounds in game number three. He's also gone over this number of five and a half in 12 of the 19 Golden State has played in this postseason. He is averaging 6.8 rebounds per game. And in seven of those unders, he's finished with just five. So barely under the number, always hovering around five and a half. John Shames, maybe take us out if you're there. Bye! Bye. This has been the morning after on Sports Grid. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk on Monday.